It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic because your waistband's going to get tight. Take time. Hi guys, it's Ari. And I'm Sophie, and you're listening to Having a Night, the podcast dedicated to, I literally have forgotten what our podcast is dedicated to. <laughs> Staying alive in the time of COVID. Exactly. To reviving Survive. the lost art of the dinner party. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we should change it to surviving the lost art of the dinner party. Oh my God, I love that. Maybe we should. Did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? What did you eat? We had a really lovely Memorial Day weekend. We did the classic barbecue like we talked about last week, of course. We had such good burgers. Here's the trick that we figured out. I don't know, that we tried this time. We're always trying, like, do you put a pat of butter in it? Do you put, like, an ice cube in the middle? Like, how do you keep right. it rare? We put them in the freezer for 15 minutes before putting them on a super hot grill. Brilliant. And it worked really well and they were thick and juicy and had cheddar on top and I was ecstatic. That was my big feast. What about you? I made the Midler von Hasselberg's uh, potato salad. Hey. Yay. What a hit. You know what? It's that it's that like relish juice. Yeah. Pickle juice. It makes it so good cuz it's acidic and also kind of sweet. Oh my god. Totally. It was so good. And I used the mayo that I made in our video this in week. Incredible video, guys. I have been watching Ari in this video and truly laughing out loud. <laughs> like, I have not had belly laughs like that in so long. It's so funny. Please watch what it if you, you haven't. On the potato salad thing, I want to say one of our listeners, Leanne, DM'd us and was talking about she's from South Louisiana. And in South Louisiana, they do dirty potato salad and clean potato salad, which I love. So clean is like it has the usual suspects. It has mayo, like um, dried mustard, not sure what else, salt, pepper, I guess. Dirty, though, has what you refer to as like all the trash. So it has the pickles, the relish, the celery, the egg. Uh, I just love that idea of like, you know, well, dueling potato salads. What could be bad? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, this week we have someone who is so special, so uniquely talented, and also, as we say in the show, kind of a sage. She is, Her name is Kolu Henry. She's a woman of many trades. She started working in PR. She worked in, at Bon Appetit for years. Now she's a columnist for The Times. And she wrote, I mean, really like one of the, the pantry essentials now. It was just called Back Pocket Pasta. As you can guess from the title, it's basically like how to pull a pasta out of your pantry if you don't have the time and think that you don't have enough ingredients to make a full dinner. 
Turns out you do, basically. Yeah, she's kind of a genius, and she's the queen that we should all be bowing down to during this time. But she is just so creative and fun, and I feel like we share the same hive mind. I think so. I, I, I do feel that we have very similar sensibilities, and our amazing friend Seth Bodie set us up with her. What Seth, a dream. we really can't thank you enough. Like It was really just such so divine to talk to her. I mean, I hope that all of the joy that we felt while recording comes across in the interview because it was like really special for us. Uh, in fact, it was so special that we're going to post the whole thing because we obviously did this over Zoom um, onto our YouTube page so you can watch the full uncut version there if you so desire. I highly recommend. Exactly. If the edit ain't enough, check us out on YouTube because you know what? We have uh, more than 100 subscribers now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Living large. <laughs> Influencers. Exactly. Hashtag YouTube stars. I mean, wow. we're on our way. Um, well, guys, listen and enjoy, and we'll talk to you all soon. I love what you ladies are doing. It's super fun. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it's great. It's nice. I love what you're doing. It's, thank I mean, <laughs> nothing could be more time appropriate than truly. I know. It's a great time for your pantry. You know what I mean? I mean, who knew that cooking in a, would be the only thing that is really working in a pandemic? Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you're like a soothsayer? You're like, yeah. you put out the book before the movement. Like, right, right. I know. It's true. It's true. It's been interesting. Um, yeah. I'm really glad that I like to cook, even though I'm exhausted <laughs> by it at the same time. But yeah, yeah. I made a martini. Oh, weird... ooh, I love that glass. It's such a weird glass, but it's my go-to these days. It's so cute. Thank you. <laughs> I made I made a martini as well. I went lemon. <laughs> oh, nice. I went Gibson. I did a Gibson. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my God, you Cheers. did a Gibson? Yeah. And there's a oh. maybe a cornichon in there too. Oh, yes. It's like a garden well, party. I can't cheers you guys yet because I thought maybe you could walk me through this. Oh, <laughs> yes. I will, I will do my very best. It would be my pleasure. Um, okay. So what I do is, so I, I bartended for like all through college and, and, and when I lived in, um, you know, the city for the first couple of years while I was trying to be a cabaret singer, that's a whole nother story. Wow. Wow. wow, wow. <laughs> we won't yeah. even talk about back pocket pasta. We'll just talk about your cabaret career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I was, a, I did cap, I did a couple of one woman shows. Um, oh my God. I, yeah. So I bartended for a really long time. So, um, I know I actually do have a shaker in the house somewhere, but I just like, can't find it. I don't know where it is. And I started making, we can, we'll get back to the cabaret if you want to talk about it. I'm happy to, but I'll tell you about the chopstick first. Um, but so I started like every, like when the thing, whole thing started, I just found myself like wanting a cocktail at 5.30. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm, a, I'm a drinker. I love wine. I love a cocktail. But like the cocktail ritual doesn't really, it's not, I don't do it at home really. You know, like I'll go out to a bar and have a cocktail. Um, so I started making martinis for myself. And I started making them in like, as I would, as I, as I did as a bartender, I fill the glass with ice, with some water, chill it down. I fill a pint glass with ice and vodka. I like Waka Martinis and um, some vermouth. And I realized along this process that I actually don't love a bone dry. I thought all my life, I'm like, oh, like really dry martini. I actually don't. I like the vermouth. So yeah. 
like as I was like kept making them every night. So and then I would take a the march the chopstick, the martini stick, and just like swirl, 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 swirl until it was like super, super cold. I'd flick the glass that had the that was chilling. And I use the martini with the pint glass and I sort of just use it as like a, a way to pour in, but keep the ice out. Now I'm not going to lie. <laughs> ice cubes occasionally, it's, sli- it's not a perfect situation, but it was just like the, it was the, the, the where I was making the martini, which is now like my, has become my home <laughs> kitchen bar. Yes. Never without alcohol in this house right now. It's just not happening. Um, no. But the, my utensil drawer was right there. So I just opened it and the martini was there and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to use that. And then, um, and then it just kind of became a thing. And then I wrote, um, a whole newsletter about it and people started making martinis with chopsticks and Instagramming them, which was like the sweetest thing ever. (laughs) So now that's just like the thing that I do. Oh my God. It's kind of strange, but whatever, you know, no necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. And it just felt like, Oh, she's going to do it. Okay. Yeah. Here comes Ari. Well, I, unfortunately, I have no use for my chopstick because Mm-mm. we all just brought them for property props. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. but you're doing it. You got to get it. Yep. Vigorously, vigorously. Like yeah. at least like 30 seconds, right? Yeah, exactly. I used to be a cocktail waitress. Yeah. Didn't we all? I'm like, didn't we all? Thank you for drinking martinis with me at 530, which is my chosen now thing to do because yeah. did you read that um adam platt thing in new york magazine he had like yes. this beautiful thing yeah when quarantine started about just like mm-hmm. the beauty of a simple cocktail hour of like you know a few chips or a few olives a martini or whatever you're drinking just being like this is my time yes you know the, the day is over and now my evening begins i there's something really beautiful about that. I think it's yeah. kind of, it is, it kind of signifies the end of the day, even though like I have a lot of West coast activity. I'm still like, it's still five 30 on my time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Like so, zooming with someone in California and you're like, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I might still three, deep in your work day, but three sheets to the wind, but sure. Yeah. I'll edit that for you. I'll take yeah. a quick read. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> yep. Um, a friend of mine in Napa makes these beautiful vermouths. She makes all these beautiful ones. This is um, blood orange, and this one is citrus Ooh. vermouth. And there's a pomplamousse one over there too, and they're really oh good, God. like um, on ice and, or in like a Negroni would be delicious. Yeah. Or like, like what's her label called? It's called um, Desange. Could Desange. definitely get into that. She's awesome. Her name's Samantha. She lives in Napa. And um, yeah, these are really good. And the branding is really, really beautiful too. Yeah, yeah gorgeous. Yeah. And I agree. I think vermouth over ice, I think that's going to, I don't want to say come back. I think that's going to be the next hot thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Spanish, Spanish, right? But, yeah, it's very Spanish. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, they love it. And there's like vermouth bars in Madrid mm-hmm. where that's like all they have. I've only been to one, but um, but yeah, and they're lower alcohol. So I feel like yeah, and that's, that's also it. really popular right now. Not with me so much, but (laughs) (laughs) don't care about that aspect of drinking so much, but yeah, I'm with you there. It's delicious. Vermouth is really good. So yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Literally wrote the book of how to cook during this time. That's also true. Do do you feel like you're being bombarded now by friends or people who like kind of know you peripherally? Like, Hey, what should I make? Like back pocket pasta. (laughs) 
It's interesting because, so I've been eating a lot of beans for the last two years, like so many beans. Like I make beans all the time. I got on the Rancho Gordo Bean Club list, which is like really hard to get on that list. Like I saw like a really slim window and I like went for it and I got it. And I was like, oh, thank God. Um, But then all of a sudden this happened and everyone was like going crazy for beans. And I'm like, wow, like this is really strange. So um, I've done two recipes for the times, which have, like been the most successful recipes for, for me, my history there. I don't want to say they've gone viral because this viral is such a touchy word right now with COVID, but, um, um, I made a pasta echechi recipe, which kind of like took off with beans. And then I made a roasted tomato and white bean stew, which also has gone like completely crazy. So in that respect, I've been getting a lot of questions about those recipes in particular. Ah. I mean, as you're writing for them during quarantine, are you, are you doing a lot of beans or are you kind of trying to stay away from that since everybody's doing beans? I'm working on a bunch of pitches uh, today and I started to feel inspired a little bit, you know, speaking of like not feeling creative. Um, and one of the things I did ask for was like summer, summer beans. So I haven't gone to that part of the pitch yet, but if you guys have any ideas, you need that. Let, let me know. I mean, if there's, are you looking for any summery bean recipes? Like what are you looking for in a summery bean recipe? That's a good question. I mean, I think if you, uh, my feeling about beans is like, they're kind of as good room temperature as they are hot. Agree. So it's sort of, I feel like anything in that way could become a summery bean. Something with a fresh tomato sounds so good. Like a white bean, fresh tomato and a shallot. Maybe I'll do like the opposite of the roasted tomato and white bean stew. I'll do a fresh tomato and white bean stew. Oh yeah. With basil, could do like a white bean caprese. Yeah. That sounds so good. See, this is why I, it's, it's good to brainstorm. Yeah. Right, to brainstorm. Yeah. Yeah. A white bean caprese could be actually a really good idea. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that my hunger is finally activated again. Cause all day I've been like, I'm so tired of eating. So yeah. this is now, but now that white bean, that sounds yeah. delicious. Yeah. I love that idea. Thank you for that inspiration. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. So the title of this next cookbook is please bring dessert. Mm-hmm. But so, cause your first, your first cookbook was so centered around a theme. Did you feel yes. pressure to make your second one theme or were you like, Hey, I, I'm just not writing dessert recipes. I, I did it first. I was putting a lot of pressure on trying to come up with like a format or like something very specific. And I was really struggling. Like I actually had, I turned in a proposal for a very specific book. Um, and Clarkson Potter was like, this is really wonderful, but like, I'm just not sure, like, this is where you want to center yourself. And I was like, all right. And then it sort of like gave me time to reflect on like, what did I want to do? Um, and then I actually ended up at King, you know, that restaurant, King restaurant, of course. Which, you yeah. know, Claire actually is just had a piece. The chef there had a piece published today in the times about, um, grilling chicken. She's such an incredible writer as well as being a chef. So also my dad is obsessed with the idea that she lives around here. He literally she, brings it up like, yeah, oh. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she totally does. And she comes to Hudson all the time. And I'm like, can you let me know? I have like such a crush on her. I love her so much. She's so nice too. And kind. anyway, um, and I had this like sort of lunch there and became kind of fascinated with like what they were doing and the way that they were cooking. Cause it's sort of, you know, not similar to what I'm doing at all, but like they worked at River Cafe. So there's like an Italian component. And then I did a deep dive um, and Tejal uh, from the Times wrote this like incredible story about the restaurant. And the takeaway for me was like, they were like, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can, 
I can do whatever I want to do. I don't need to like fit into a box, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't want to fit into a box. Like, yeah, I can. Right. Yeah. So then I had like, I literally read the article. It was like Saturday morning. I had like ran downstairs, like rewrote the entire introduction to the proposal and was just like, I'm writing a personal cookbook about the food that I want to eat and the people that I want to be with. And that's ended up, that's like what ended up happening. So again, sort of like listening to your inner self and, you know, and I don't know, I'm excited about that. It part makes of it. so much so sense. It's yeah. so great. It's like, the more you can listen to yourself and be honest with yourself, that's how you get specific. Like putting yep. some box over your head. That's like the idea of, of specificity or like giving yourself a niche, but really it's just, it feels so impersonal. Yes. Well, I think it's probably so hard because it's always that thing of like, right. you define, it feels so, oh my God, the fact that I had success with one thing at all, like I shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. I should, I should really try to hold on to that exact success. Especially but actually, with cooking too, because it's, it's become such an oversaturated, I can only imagine because now there's everyone has a blog and yeah. it's just everyone is writing recipes. And a yes. podcast. And <laughs> everyone's like well maybe you should do like a whole series of like back pocket whatever and for a while I was like but then I was like you know what no and I was talking to a a, I mentioned earlier a friend who's a food editor this week and I was like I want to create books that represent a time in my life right I don't want it to look like back I'm going in a very different creative direction like I wanted to represent sort of where I'm at right now as a like almost like a I don't want to say like a piece of art because that sounds like kind of twee, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just sort of like, it's a moment of my time now and that's going to change again with the next book. And that's going to change again with the next book. And I don't know how smart that is from like a branding perspective or a marketing perspective, which is kind of hilarious because that's what my background is. But I'm also yeah. like, I got to just be true to what I'm doing. And awesome. if, if people like it, they like it. And I hope they do. And if they don't, they don't. And that's okay too. You. you can't make everybody happy. And so are you, are you currently working on your next book? And like, has that been tough during quarantine? Yeah. So I am, I'm working on my next book. I was supposed to shoot the first week of, I guess it was last week or two weeks ago, but I had a, so, so yeah, so it's been pushed. I I had a feeling like when this all kind of started, I was like, I just, I just had a, you know, I don't know. I, I can't see into the future, but I trust my gut, you know? And I was like, I just don't see this happening. And, um, so yeah, so it's been challenging. So the book is pushed. It was supposed to come out, uh, next spring. It's called please bring dessert because I don't bake. Um, so yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so, um, I'm having friends write a dessert chapter, which is really, yeah. So that's kind of fun. Um, and I'm so close to finishing, but for some reason, it's just been really hard to like get back to it. You know, like it was just like, I got to like put this away for a minute. Um, yeah. We are planning to shoot the first or second week of August. So I'm, I'm that might change again, but I'm, tra- I'm sort of just trying to like work towards something. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And logistically, that's been like how to figure that out too has been challenging because people have to come up from the city and who's comfortable you know, like, just like everything's a, as I said before, kind of like a negotiation, um, but it'll come out when it comes out and I'm really excited about it and it's going to be great. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason, so it will be birthed when it's supposed to be birthed. Yeah. And then I have to write, then I have to write another one because I got a two book deal, which is going to be great. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. I don't have no idea. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens with the next one. I had some ideas, but given the current 
situation. I don't know if they're going to be possible, but it'll be fine. Whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, are you just like everybody go out and just buy a second copy of back pocket? Well, yeah, right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just pantry. Like I'm, I'm buying it for <laughs> right. everyone now because oh, I, that's so nice. You can remarket it because it really, or like repush it because it's yeah. it is right now. It's like what we all, right. what everyone is doing what everyone is writing about. I mean, yeah, we did it's really about like what you can cook from your pantry, but you know, we're just, I started watching that earlier today. That was super fun. I loved what you guys were doing. Did you watch the tomato sauce one we did? No, but I just saw, yeah, I, I saw you comment. Yeah. I saw yeah. you commented. That's the Marcella sauce is literally perfect. It's, I can't stop. Perfect. it's, there's no reason to make another tomato sauce, you know, yeah. like, um, and I can't believe I didn't do it for, and like, I wrote back on a pasta and I still, I'm like, what is wrong with me? But now I, I'm like, it's a gift that won't stop giving. I mean, it's just so good. I have a question for you ladies, actually. What is your um, pasta to sauce ratio? Because I have a very strong opinion about this. I, I wish it. that I could give you like percentages, but I can't, but I That's would fine. say I like a saucy pasta. And if it's not saucy enough, I have to add either butter or olive oil. Like the mm-hmm. noodles all need to be very coated, especially with a bolognese. Like I yes. want to have some left at the bottom of the bowl to scoop. Yes. That's how I am as well. Are you thoughts? <laughs> Two yes. against one. I, like I work very hard to get the sauce to coat the pasta. Yeah. I don't, sometimes I feel like if there's too much sauce, it doesn't even, like it stops clinging to the pasta. Do you know mm. what I mean? And then you're getting bites of sauce and bites of pasta, mm. which okay. I don't love. But okay. I feel like that's also what people use pasta water for, right? Is to like, yes. right. bring it all but together. Like yeah. too much sauce and pasta, if, like sometimes it can throw it off. But yes, I'm saucy always. Yeah, I, I don't, um, every, I have a problem with like a pound of pasta, the ratio of a pound of pasta to like a 28 ounce can of tomatoes. Like for me, that doesn't work. Um, and I always teach my editor at the times and I, we always go back and forth about this because she's very, she is in the, the pound of pasta, uh, camp and I'm not. Um, so we have, that's like the one thing that we always joke around about and we, you know, she'll be like, look at this comment. I'm like, well, look at this comment, you know, <laughs> because people are like, there's like a real, thing, you know what I mean? Um, but I made the Marcella sauce, but I only made, I think I used like, a little over half a pound of pasta and it was like perfect. Mm. Can I actually ask a question that I'm yeah. going to sound like I'm going to sound like I've never cooked in my life. I no. can never figure out how much pasta I should make for people. Like you know when you're taking out your spaghetti, yep. I'm like, okay, is it this handful? Is it right. this hand? you know it's so because it swells so much it's the same as rice where I'm like really a quarter cup? That's insane. And right. then you cook a quarter cup of rice and you're like, Jesus Christ. It's a lot. What's the, like, how do you measure the pasta? I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, they say, and I don't, I, I, this is too little pasta for me, even though I just went on a right, like, less, less is more, but like they say two ounces per person, but I think that's just not, that's not enough pasta. <laughs> yeah, that's not. I thought you were say four and I thought that wasn't enough. Uh, I think four is good. I think four is good or like three. I'm like more of like three. Yeah. Well, also it's like, sure, two is great if you're doing it as a preemie and you're having a huge, you right. know, right. like having right. a main course after, but if your main course is pasta, two ounces. I like, know it's not enough. So my back market pasta, I wrote um, 12 ounces for every recipe. 
Like it was, okay. that was the thing that I did. But then I, people That's were like, like well, ish. Yeah, exactly. And the people were like, well, what do I do with that extra, you know, couple of ounces? And I'm like, I don't make a pasta frittata. You know, I don't know. Not my problem. Mix it up in the next batch. Like, not, carry, my problem. not my problem. Carry it over. Carry it over the next box of pasta. Yeah. So um, for our listeners, will you just give a quick listeners who for some reason don't own back pocket pasta, just can you just talk a little bit about what it is and like where the idea came from and yeah, how sure. You such a sage. <laughs> so thank you. That's very kind. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, um, I grew up in a very Italian American family. We had pasta three, probably three times a week. Sundays was always, you know, they were always like a big meat sauce kind of day and food was always kind of the most, everyone was obsessing about food. Like we always talked about what we were going to have for dinner at breakfast along with a lot of other people, but it was something that I got very comfortable with cooking, you know, from an early age, I fell into cookbook writing and sort of like, I had sort of had an odd path. As I mentioned, I was a cabaret singer and now I write cookbooks and recipes, but, um, I ended up working in PR and then I ended up, um, working in restaurant chef PR and I was writing chef's recipes and, they're not very good recipe writers. They're lovely and incredibly talented, but they need help with, you know, all that stuff. And then I ended up at Bon Appetit magazine right when um, Adam Rappaport took over and it sort of, you know, they sort of changed the look and the vibe. Mm -hmm. And um, I, and Instagram was just like this little thing that was like kind of new and shiny and no one, you know, anyway, so I started a hashtag on, I'm not doing a great job of, this is what happens when I have a martini while we're talking about. No, it's great. Okay. So I started a hashtag on Instagram called back pocket pasta. And essentially was, I was coming home late from work at night. So I was working, you know, ridiculous hours. And when I wasn't coming, I was going out, but when I was home, I didn't want to have to order takeout all the time. Um, so I'd start like looking around in my pantry and in my fridge. And then I pull together these pasta dishes and I started talking about it on social media and it started taking, you know, started taking off, I guess a little bit. I mean, nothing, I mean, things are so different than even as they are now. And a friend of mine who was a writer was like, you know, you really should write a cookbook. And I was like, yeah, I should, I should write a cookbook. And I like literally didn't even give it any thought about like how hard it would be to write a cookbook or how hard it would be to get a cookbook deal. Like I just was so, it wasn't, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that thing. Wow. Um, Granted, I worked in publishing. I have a lot of friends that write books, you know, but it wasn't something that I had set out to do. You know, it wasn't like the end goal. Um, And long story short, my friend Talia, who wrote the wine section in the book, um, connected me to her agent because she was she wrote spritz and she wrote sherry that that's what the name she wrote two books one called spritz one called sherry and um i was very lucky and a lot of stars aligned and i got a wonderful book deal with clarkson potter and i wrote a book of pasta recipes you know based on the concept of like utilizing your fridge and utilizing your pantry and also you know it was personal because i grew up in that environment and so there's like a lot of family sort of interwoven in, in the book as well um and yeah, it was, it's been really fun. And that sort of set me on a different trajectory than I had been on, which was like doing PR and marketing. And um, yeah, here I am. Now I'm writing for the New York Times and I'm writing two more cookbooks, which is really cool and exciting and not where I thought, you know, I, I w- I've always been obsessed with food and obsessed with dinner parties and, you know, the and cocktail culture and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and I am very grateful that I ended up here in a weird way. I mean, I always feel like there's something very forbidding about chef culture, 
mm-hmm. restaurant culture, food culture. And I feel like, like you said, like you've had sort of so many iterations of your career. And so was there a point when you were kind of going from PR and marketing and the, really the wine world mm-hmm. into being like, here I am. Did you have, were you nervous about that? Or were you just like, listen, I trust what I can do. I'm not, I don't know. How'd you feel? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I was sort of at a place where I was like, I'm, I've been doing this for other people my entire career. Like I can write the recipes. I can produce a photo shoot. I can, you know, get the people, the team together. Like, why am I, why am I doing this for everybody else when I can do it for myself? And so, you know, and that's sort of why, I I mean, I guess that was part of the reason why I did want to write the book. When, you know, my friend Marnie, who's amazing, and she was working at Vanity Fair at the time, and she's the one that was like, do this thing. And I was like, yes. But then I was like, yes, why shouldn't I do this thing? Like, why am I doing this thing for everybody else, but not for myself? I mean, Mm -hmm. talk to my therapist, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, But is like, in a way, were you like, oh, I actually needed to do all of those other steps in order to trust myself enough? Absolutely. Like I knew how to edit a recipe. I knew how to put a photo shoot together. I knew how, you know what I mean? Like, yes, exactly, exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. All those sort of things that I've been like the, the skills that I've been honing without knowing that, you know, without actually having that in mind, all sort of came together in this really beautiful way where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I'm excited and it worked out so far. So I have a question for you ladies. So you guys met at school drama, Mm -hmm. Yale drama. Um, And what excites you about this industry? Like what made you guys do this? Like what, tell me, tell me. I think we both kind of grew up cooking a lot. I came from, you know, Italian American backgrounds, similar story, just everyone goes cooking. And my, my dad, uh, his parents had a restaurant and then like a pizza shop Mm. and always loved to cook. Always. It was like my other, the only other thing I could do well besides act was cook. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was yeah. not a good student. Like, so same, same. I mean, I think what's nice for both of us is like, I don't think that either of us is trying to compete with professional chefs. Like I think our vibe in general is that we're total idiots who really love to eat and we love to party and have people over and we love to cook. And so it just sort of, it all comes together, but I don't think that any of, you know, either of us is like, you know, I want to be in competition with people who are interns at Chez Panisse. Like, no, I could not you know, I don't want to be in competition with anybody. I just want to write books and have people over and like right. celebrate like yeah. things, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it right. sounds, yeah, we're all the same. It's the same vibe. It's like it's just the same vibe. Really say like, it's co- about conviviality. It's just like encouraging other people to cook and just like, spreading the gift of cooking for others. Exactly. It's fun. And what we always say, if you make a bad meal, you can just order pizza. Like it's fine. Don't be so the point is just like have people over and let them enjoy themselves. Absolutely. Do you feel like you're controlling though in the kitchen or are you very relaxed? I'm pretty, I'm pretty relaxed. I get a little, uh, it depends. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty chill. I'm a home taught, you know, I taught myself, you know, so I can't, like, I don't feel like I'm in any position to be like, no, no, don't do it like that. I mean, no, I mean, I, with some things, uh, yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe you should try like, maybe like that's a better way to try it. Yeah. So, okay. If you haven't, you're planning the photo shoot for the next book now, Mm -hmm. that obviously means that you've done all of your recipe 
testing or like, how does, I'm so confused about cookbooks. Like you've got a deal, you have an idea. How does it work? Yeah. So this one, it's interesting. Like the first one I feel like was much more formulaic because I hadn't done it before. So it was like, make the recipes, get the recipes tested, do the shoot. This one's like a little bit looser. The recipes, um, have not all been written yet and I'm shooting in two months, but that's going to be fine. I think with this one, like some of them have been tested, you know, some of them I've made like a hundred times. So I'm not necessarily as worried about like a, a a slow roast pork shoulder, you know what I mean? But like the, there's some project based ones that definitely need to be tested. All the baking one needs to be all, all need to be tested. Um, so what happens, I think we'll, we'll, I'll finish the, the text. I'll make all the recipes. I'll start sort of, I think I'm going to use friends for recipe testers this time instead of hiring someone. So if anyone wants to test things, please feel free. Let me know. Yes. Okay. That would um, be fun for us. Yeah. Okay, great. So fun. Yeah. So I think we'll, we'll shoot in August and then I have to turn everything in in September. And I think during that period, there'll be tweaks and recipe testing and, you know, there'll be some, there'll be back and forth obviously with edits. Um, and who knows, it may come out in the fall of 2021. It may come out in two years. You know, I mean, everything is kind of up in the air. So I'm just trying to go with the flow. Um, not freak out, you know. For our listeners who don't cook a lot, but who mm-hmm. really aspire to, like what pasta recipe would you give them or what ingredients that they might have would you like steer them towards? First of all, thank you for having me. I hope this was somewhat helpful or, it was <laughs> or informative. <horrible. laughs> but um, I think that if you, and I, I know this is like so back, back pocket posse, but if you do have a well-stocked pantry, like you're literally on your way to a beautiful meal. So if you keep, you know, a couple of different kinds of nuts on hand, awesome. Always have citrus in your fridge. Always have a hard cheese, like a Parmesan or a Pecorino. Always have a soft cheese. You know, I think citrus is really important or even just like really good quality vinegar. Um, I'm really right now, and I actually just pitched a story to the times, which I don't know if they're going to go for. Um, but I'm exhausted from trying to come up with like a really cool marinade or like, how do I make, make a interesting roast chicken? So like I'm over it. I'm just going to roast the chicken. But what I'm really excited about is making really fun condiments, right? So like a crunchy chili oil or like a harissa aioli or um, I don't know, like a number of different things like that. And so then putting it all out and then letting people like, like, like choose your own adventure, you know, and like make the condiments the thing and like make that the backbone of the dinner rather than the protein the thing. Exactly. You don't have to slave away over being like, well, I need to use interesting, interesting flavors in this dry rub or whatever. It's like, just mash a bunch of herbs together and mix it with olive oil. And I promise it's going to be so delicious. I literally, I pitched the times of a pesto. It's like whatever herb on the way out pesto and whatever yes. not. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't matter. Like I yeah. turned my chive oil into a pesto, you know, right. like, and it's delicious and it elevates everything. So yeah. oh my a God. perfect note to go it. out on. Yeah. Thank you oh so God. much. Thank you, Thank you so much. Wow. What a genius. I want to be her. I want to marry her. I want to love her forever. I mean, I want to follow her around. She's the coolest, coolest woman. She's so cool. And I also feel like we need to hear so much more about her time of cabaret singing in New York City. We didn't even scratch the surface with that one. Oh my God. Do you think she would do a part two? I'm just going to cross my fingers and say yes, but who knows? (laughs) <laughs> wishful thinking. Yes. Wishful thinking. Exactly. Thank you so much, Kalu, for coming on. And again, thank you to Seth for setting us up and for knowing that it was going to be a match made in heaven. 
Yes. Thank you to Colin for working so hard on our podcast in quarantine and to Rebecca for helping us to think of things and edit things and producing us. And and thank you guys all for listening and DMing us and writing to us and staying in our little community. We love you guys. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.